Yo, hey, how you doing, Susanna? I'm good. How are you, Tubby? I'm doing well. Uh, and hello, dear listeners, all hello, of you. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Solar Spill. Um, I guess before we get into the festivities, how you been? What's new? I'm good. I'm good. It's warming up in this part of the world, mm-hmm. and it feels good to see things blossoming and the sun coming out. Mm. How about you? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's also interesting to think about sense of time and place, something that we haven't really tracked along in this podcast. Yes, it is good. Weather is fine in this year of when we record on this date. Actually reminds me, I've been listening to a lot more of The Daily, the New York Mm -hmm. Times podcast. I'm kind of like re-addicted to it. And oh my God, Michael Barbaro. Like as a fledgling amateur, you know, podcaster. Are you obsessed? Which is the voice, the voice, the Michael Barbaro <laughs> voice, and I like it, it. Like at once makes me understand why like audio branding is so important because mm-hmm. like I can hear his like vocal inflections in my sleep now. Oh wow! So you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna just. Oh no! Oh yeah! Here oh yeah! Comes. We're gonna forego a dumb solar joke and instead. I'm gonna be Michael Barbaro for this episode. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Wait, let me try this again. Hello, Susanna. Hello. <laughs> um, tell me what we need to know today. Welcome to the Solar Spill. Yeah, we got a. We actually, we got a cool episode. Uh, I'm very fired up about our oh, topic wait, today. You're fired up. Fired up. Well, I'm gonna give you the mic. I'm gonna let you lead this. And let me do. <laughs> actually, even if I don't channel him in voice, let me do what Michael Bavaro does best, which is obviously inviting you know expert journalists from the New York Times and far afield from you know partnerships they've got elsewhere, experts on subjects to talk about subjects. And today, actually, we're gonna be kind of digging into. Um, an article that you found on Mashable. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we? Why don't you tell us a little story? Um, well, let me let me start with a question. Have you ever heard of the term carbon footprint? Oh my gosh, have we ever talked about that on one of our previous podcast episodes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I may have heard a thing or two about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean all around other environmental conversations. I mean for years, going back to probably early two thousands, people have been talking about carbon footprint, yeah, right? Absolutely. Right, right so, around the inconvenient truth, right? It was like kind of like when that wave of environmentalism hit, everyone was like, you know, calculating their personal footprints and stuff. Yeah, totally. I remember that. Do you know where it came from? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, we talk about it all the time, like even in Sun Common Marketing, because yeah, yeah. that's just, I don't know. It's just like a concept that environmentalists are familiar with. Like how much carbon are you and your lifestyle producing? Can you reduce it? Yeah, I really hate when you set these questions up because I'm like, why don't I know where the things that I consume come from? Please. Tell me what evil thing yeah. created the carbon yeah. ogre. You're about to get fired up. No. Okay, go. Fire me up. You know the petroleum company, BP? Uh-uh. Of course I know them. Are you kidding me? One of the biggest uh, oil producing Oil spilling. Companies. Oil spilling. Yeah, I know them. In the Heard world. Them. Yeah, green logo, yellow flower, That's butt it. heads. Yeah, sorry. They made up Carbon Footprint as a marketing campaign oh my God. in the early 2000s. Uh, well, the truth will set us free. And I do mean the truth campaign of anti-smoking being set up by the smoking lobby, by the tobacco lobbies. Like, there's yeah, so much nice of this that happens. Because yeah. it's literally exactly the same yeah. thing. Okay, so what what happened? What's, going, so what's the history of the Carbon Footprint? So BP knows what's up. Obviously, they have all this research about fossil fuels and the impact that they're having on the environment. 
and they are masterminding how can we get consumers to think about this in a different way. Mm. And they bring in this agency and they come up with this idea of the carbon footprint calculator. Mm. And in 2004 alone, over a quarter million of a people, quarter million of a people, Quarter, sorry. <laughs> Why don't we try this again? Sorry, Patrick. I'm gonna go Michael Barbaro style. Yeah, let's try that again. So, in 2004 alone, over a quarter million people calculated their their. We're gonna <laughs> sorry. Try that again, Patrick. It's 4:30 on a Wednesday. I know this is rough. <laughs> it's okay. In 2004 alone, over a quarter million people calculated their carbon footprints on this specific site that was a part of BP's ad campaign, Beyond Petroleum. Oh my God, vom. Serious vom. It's like total propaganda because carbon footprint, go on a carbon diet, whose responsibility is that? Mm. Well, uh, as an enlightened uh, employee of a solar company, I would tell you, man, like, it's really, uh, yeah, it makes me feel like it's kind of my responsibility, right? Like, 100%. 100%. BP is like, hey, don't look over here at the f- the fuels that we are extracting from the earth that cause terrible harm to the earth and to the communities in which the infrastructure is sited in. Right. Don't look over here. It's your problem because you consume it. Oh, my gosh. And me, the individual consumer, I, you know, the choices that I make and, you know, my carbon footprint can be reduced and I will save the world. And it's, yeah, it's therefore your responsibility to consume less. You need to go on a diet. Oh, it's Western like individualism. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It makes me so angry. Um, another interesting part of this article, because, you know, maybe you even accept like, okay, but I could use less. Like, I don't have to run the hot tub if you're privileged enough to have a hot tub. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True. True. That's true. We can all make decisions to, to lessen our loads. But listen to this. This is a direct quote from the article. In a society largely powered by fossil fuels, even someone without a car, a home, or a job will still carry a sizable carbon footprint. Wait, what? A few years after BP began promoting the carbon footprint, MIT researchers calculated the carbon emissions for, quote, a homeless person who ate in soup kitchens and slept in homeless shelters, unquote, in the U.S., and that destitute individual will still indirectly emit some 8.5 tons of carbon dioxide each year. So no house, no car, no job. You still have 8.5 tons of carbon dioxide in your carbon footprint every year. My gosh. That's wild. So truly, like, you know, yeah, we live in a, we live in an interconnected society and the choices that are made way up the supply chain that are invisible to us and we have no control over will still create conditions where we can produce that much carbon yeah. just by existing. Yeah. So even if you make every possible choice you could to lower your carbon footprint to zero, there's just some baseline of carbon emissions that you're going to have simply because all of our systems run on fossil fuels. Absolutely. So, but this this language, I mean, this this marketing campaign is incredibly insidious, as you said. Like, you know, we all kind of are familiar enough with these terms, and it's guided us in a sort of in a in a way of sentiment, you know, manipulation to think that ultimately we are responsible for climate change. Exactly. Huh. Well, Susanna, well, hold on, let me bar- borrow this one. Well, then tell me what else I need to know today. 
Well, I mean, listen, this, I don't know how it makes you feel, but it gets me really fired up because I mean, carbon footprint, as you say, it is very ubiquitous. It's mm-hmm. something that we have used in our own marketing materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something environmentalists embrace all over. And the fact of the matter is, if you can take individual actions, take them for sure. If you can go solar, that's great. You're putting a little dent in the problem. That's awesome. If you can reduce your consumption, that's great. Do it. At the end of the day, we also need to be advocating for systemic change because it's a systemic problem that so many of our systems rely on fossil fuels and the fossil fuel industry is totally invested in the status quo. They don't want to change to alternative fuels, even as much as they say that they do, right? I mean, BP's whole campaign was like, yes, carbon footprint, we agree with this. Meanwhile, they're still extracting billions of barrels of oil and selling them. So it really is a systemic problem that needs systemic solutions. And one of the things that they're saying in the article is one of the most meaningful things you can do is vote for people Mm. who are going to change the system, right? who are going to stop stacking the deck in the favor of the fossil fuel companies and who are going to bring in renewable energy. Absolutely. I mean, even I'm seeing like elements of this kind of... um kind of insidious marketing and sentiment, you know, manipulation that plays out, you know, today. I know this was like, you know, back in the early aughts with the whole carbon footprint thing, but like even as a New Yorker now, um, you know, the CLCPA and the CCIA as legal frameworks that can be among the most progressive, you know, climate change um, legislation in the history of this country. I just read a report that, um, you know, the CLCPA is like, didn't even show up as a budget line item in uh, the 2021-2022 budget that Cuomo just submitted for New York State. So it's like, it's it's even like, yes, vote. And then what next, right? Like maybe one thing that we could do is take the, I guess the guilt that is trying to be uh, put upon us as individual citizens and maybe use some internal emotional, you know, alchemy to turn it into some like righteous indignation, you know, yes, vote, but also like jam up the phone lines, you know, jam up the courthouse and the state house and make sure that they're seeing and hearing uh, how important these issues are for our survival. I mean, it's great for our survival. It's nuts to even say that out loud. Like, what was it? One of the film, one of the presenters from uh, the Climate Action Film Festival, you know, last month was like a uh, a land defender and one of the quotes from her uh post film like discussion was like it's nuts that we can be so cavalier about destroying our own life support systems and what a simple bit of language that literally like smacked me in the face and was like yeah it's nuts it's nuts it's not even like we're investing like saying like we're not doing a good job investing in preventative you know measures it's like no we're just actively partying while the world burns yeah it's very unreasonable um And I just love this last quote that was in the article uh, that I want to share. The strategy is to put as much blame on the consumer as possible, knowing the consumer is not in a good place to control the situation. Mm. It basically ensures that nothing changes. Wow. You know, and this kind of blame or guilt is only one of the rainbow, you know, range of emotions that are used against us as consumers on a daily basis, especially in this category of renewables versus like fossil fuels and, uh, you know, sort of other extractive uh, fuels like um, our our partner, Pat, or like our uh, co-worker, Patrick, who does the editing of these episodes, um, just shared an article today about these like secret slides that I'm sure came from a very similar kind of think tank, you know, agency yep. that was working for natural gas extractors 
um, talking about how fear was going to be the critical uh, uh, emotion to stir up as renewables are trending up and natural gas is fighting for dear life. Basically, they're going to be doing the same kind of erroneous, uh, supporting the same kind of erroneous reporting and PR releases that even the governor of Texas uh, during the power outages earlier this year was tr- start, starting to blame, you know, wind turbines for freezing up and solar, you know, feel, uh, solar farms failing, etc. When they accounted for like a fraction of the percent of the power that is currently produced for the state. So it's like these kinds of fear-based, oh, you know, renewables can't protect you and outage-based uh you know, tactics are currently being planned to be used by the natural gas extractors and industries today, you know, 2021. Um, so it's like this, This what's amazing about this these tactics that you pointed out from this Mashable article is like the playbook hasn't really changed. It's really just trying to get, you know, use our emotions and our emotional responses to like make us stop thinking, stop researching. Um, and really stop putting the sort of blame and the responsibility on the parties that have the ability to change on a scale level, on a systems level, how quickly we're killing ourselves. Yeah, I know. It. Uh, see, I can tell I could see fired up too. Um, yeah, I'm trying to maintain my <laughs> Michael Barbaro status. And it's not working. Underneath this Michael Barbaro is the beating heart of an impassioned individual. <laughs> Sorry, that's, I'm just going to stop the borrowing. Um, yeah, this is this is really interesting and cringy. And like like you know, like I was mentioning as a throwaway comment, this isn't just relegated to renewables. Like you know, the tobacco lobby created the Truth Organization that does anti-tobacco education for minors because it was a settlement of the exact case where tobacco, you know, marketers and tobacco companies were found to be marketing to underage smokers to underage kids and turning into smokers. So it's like, yeah, it's terrible. It's predatory. And wildly enough, I'm going to have to make a rap reference now. One of my favorite groups, we go. Run the Jewels. Uh, you know, they, they released their album last year, um, Run the Jewels 3 or 4. I can't remember which one it was. But there was like this line in one of the in one of the songs about LP, one of the rappers, the, the duo, talking about how for so long he was focused on being smart. He really wanted to just be smart. And like in all of his verses, in all of his arguments, many of them anti-capital uh, arguments, he was just trying to be the smartest person in the room. But he realizes this late in his career that he, instead of being smart, he should have gone for the heart because emotions are what transforms people's minds and intentions and then sticks in terms of actions. So, yeah. I know, it's so true. They like hit us right where the guilt is. Yeah. It's the same thing with recycling, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we... We, the producers of plastic bottles, won't take responsibility, but you, the user, you, the purchaser of it, if you don't put it in the recycling bin, don't even get me started on that whole thing. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. And look, there's lots of great um, people doing this kind of thinking and work. I even, I think I remember like the, what is it? The, uh, that comedy, the HBO show, the week tonight or whatever. Gosh, he's hilarious. That British dude anyway he had a whole no no i know it's like on youtube (laughs) he had a whole episode specifically about like recycling and plastics yeah and like how they just keep on inventing new numbers to fit into this like big marketing system of the like triangle of arrows but like anything beyond plastics one or two are like completely not recyclable by like by contemporary market standards yeah Yeah, exactly so wait what do i do do i just curl up in a ball and die I mean, that is one option at this point, to be honest. But Wait, no, let's end on a good no, note. No, we're ending on a positive note. If I mean, yes, if this makes you as angry as it makes me and you, um, 
Yeah, for sure. Make whatever changes you can make. It is always good to reduce your own consumption, but acknowledge it is a systemic issue that needs systemic solutions. Vote for people who are willing to change the system. Get involved in your in your town and in your county um, to make changes where you can on your levels. Um, and honestly, like stay skeptical. Mm-hmm. Like the media is totally in cahoots with these corporations that are just manipulating us for for the betterment of their own bottom lines. Yep. That's all that it's about. So just you know, stay skeptical. Do your research, especially if something's coming from a fossil fuel company. Absolutely. Look at it twice. <laughs> yep. Yep. And put your money where your you know where your heart really is, like where you want to where you want to see the future move towards. Because I mean, look. Even if the minuscule changes that we can make, the dents that we can put in the problem, we should, and we absolutely should. You know, another really effective tool that we have is where we don't spend our money and where we do spend our money. Um, and even something like going solar, or even like something like supporting B Corps, for example, right? Like choosing to go with a B Corp uh, over a non B Corp for even a consumer product that you might get. Like the standards and the the sort of um, the the charters that they hold themselves to will support the types of futures that are more sustainable um, and that do support a bigger picture where from a consumer level, yeah, we might not be able to solve recycling on our own or carbon you know uh, capture on our own, but we can send a very, very strong signal that the future looks renewable um, and that we will hold companies to these standards by simply not giving them our money. That's right. Um, vote with your dollars. Yeah. And you could, you know, vote for us. You know, one thing that we do is put solar panels on roofs and ground mounts and canopies. Um, yeah. But another thing we do is we support local legislation. We've been doing that since the inception of our company, you know, starting with shutting down a massive, you know, non-renewable power plant in Vermont and here in New York supporting uh, the groups that are putting forward the most progressive climate legislation in the country, in the world, maybe not country. I'll start with the country. We're a little behind the, you know, the curve in Western Europe. But seriously, if you're thinking about going solar, it is still a really, really good option to, I'm not going to say reduce your carbon footprint. Don't say it. I won't. I'm going to say, you know, control your utility bill. Uh, give yourself some options. It's so funny that people just pay this bill like there's no choice ever. Um, but you can choose to get your power from renewable sources. Uh, that's incredible. That's sustainable. And that gives you more control than you would have had before. And it also sends a clear, clear message to your neighbors and to your community. These things do spread. There is this concept of keeping up with the Joneses and it's real. It you is. are influencing your local community just by existing and just by the visible choices that you make. And those small changes do add up. This is yeah. not predatory marketing. <laughs> I, I promise you, it's Michael Barbaro and Tavit's <laughs> telling the truth. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And also the more people see solar on rooftops and you know just solar infrastructure around, the more comfortable they feel with it. So when it comes time to do larger installations, there's less uh, public hesitancy yeah. about it because they're used to seeing it. They're like, oh yeah, I actually see energy infrastructure all the time. I see power lines. Oh I gosh, see yeah. solar panels. Like it's okay. This is helpful. It's needed. It's, it's moving us in the right direction. I want this in my neighborhood. Absolutely. And it can be beautiful. <laughs> yes. Cool. Well, uh, thanks, Susanna, for exploding this concept and pulling the veil off of predatory emotional marketing. <laughs> yeah, we'll put the link to this article in the podcast notes. So yeah. if anybody wants to read the full thing and get really angry, 
It'll be there for you. Oh, inspired. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, Susanna. You too, Tommy. And all you dear listeners, thank you for listening and spread the word uh, about the solar spill. And of course, Sun Common. If you know someone who's looking to go solar in New York's Hudson Valley or up to the Capital District or all around Vermont, give us a, give us a shout. Also give a shout out that we're hiring quite a few people right now. So if you are interested in getting involved in the solar industry and you are in New York or Vermont or even beyond, um, check out our jobs page, suncommon.com slash jobs. There's lots of roles on there. Some of them are available for remote work. Check them out. We would love to have you come work with us on building the clean energy future. Awesome. Have a wonderful rest of your day, Susanna. You too, Debbie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.